welcome to the Firefly Creatrix podcast. For this first series, I'm going to be exploring creativity from different aspects, using a different theme and topic to talk around each episode. Um, So you'll just hear my voice for this series, but let's see what comes next. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And looking forward to hearing any feedback and starting more nourishing conversations. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about creativity and the menstrual cycle. And this was kind of, it was going to be creativity and cyclic wisdom, which is definitely connected. And I could feel my people pleasing or my um, trying to keep my audience or (laughs) the audience as broad as possible voice in my head being like, no, keep it, keep it more... um, well, you, yeah, don't use the taboo word, basically, which is the menstrual bit. <laughs> and I was like, no. So again, um, just going to start this space or open this space with that honouring of the people pleaser. And that she, yeah, she's, she, yeah, she wants to be here. She's aware of the safety, like the safety piece and keeping me safe is her is her main concern um and yeah she's welcomed she's welcoming that I have ways to calm her down now I have mechanisms that honor honor her fears honor her worries and um yeah like reassure her that it's still safe that there's no tiger gonna come jump out at me if I talk about menstrual health or the menstrual cycle so yeah, it's probably there are definitely are podcasts around creativity in the menstrual cycle. It's not that revolutionary anymore, which is brilliant. I'm so happy that that, that is the case. Um, and yeah, it's still uh, yeah, it's still this. I, I feel there's this we're at this tipping point where for some people it's very normal, and others it's still it's still very much um a, like something very quiet and something not honored not kind of considered within the concept of creativity and for me it's a huge part of my creative process and so that's why I feel like it's it's something that yeah is pretty fundamental and therefore I want it to be in these initial um conversations because it creates a foundation it creates a kind of reference point for where I've come from um what's inspired me to be where I'm at today and therefore and going forward um so yeah honoring her people pleaser the people pleaser (laughs) little version of me and of course the, the perfectionist um who she's here today because I am day 28 of my menstrual cycle which again is not something you hear that often on a introduction to a podcast is someone telling you what day of the cycle they're at but a lot of spaces that I've been in the last few years that is quite a normal way to open the space for people who do have a cycle to share where they're at um partly to kind of in my opinion this is not something that's been sort of expressly told to me but in my opinion partly to start to to kind of break down that notion that we're all at the same place right in in this moment um and also 
if it is someone that we're getting to know or people that we're getting to know to kind of recognize that that narrative in our heads of or in my head I've definitely recognized it um before I was more aware of of our cyclic nature of saying oh well she wasn't like that last week you know why why is she behaving or reacting in this way right now or some or a friend sharing a story about something that's going on in their life and being able to reflect to them or just re- remind them like oh what you know where are you on your cycle maybe that's got something to do with it and just that being such such a moving experience to really recognize how when we get to learn our own cycles um the cycle within us it affects the cycles that we relate to and that we experience um from the outside but also other cycles that are going on within our lives that aren't the menstrual cycle because there are many (laughs) they're all in a dance together but for people who do have a menstrual cycle it's kind of another what do they call it the fifth or the sixth um yeah you can see I'm day 28 so I'm going all over the place but yeah let's go back the day 28 is relevant because the people um sorry the perfectionist um my inner critic gets very it is very loud right now um so yeah my that's really what I one of the things I noticed towards the end of my cycle is this really loud inner critic who likes to kind of come and tell me why I'm doing everything wrong or how I could have done something better or I should have waited or should have done that faster all of the things you know and she's definitely part of my perfectionist voice of you know trying to be portrayed or trying to portray myself in a way that is the most agreeable <laughs> to everybody, which fits with the people pleaser too. So yes, the the perfectionist is most definitely here loud and proud. And she would probably have preferred that I didn't record today on day 28. But that's for me, part of the magic is, um, again, sharing this with you, that that's where I'm at in my cycle. And that's, you might hear, a, you know, maybe you notice a slightly different way of speaking or that I lose my thread because I'm a bit ethereal in these days as well. Um, and then, yeah, coming back to the menstrual cycle, menstrual cycle being one of our body's sort of main um, flagging systems. I can't think of the right word, but you sort of know what I mean. For people who do menstruate, our cycle, once you get to know it, if it, if it changes or if it's massively different one cycle, it can be a symbol or a, a little nudge from your body just being like, hang on a minute, something's not quite right. Or, you know, just take a, take a breath, really check in with your physical health, also mental health. I definitely found that stress and grief and many other of those kind of more mental um, challenges can have a big effect on my menstrual cycle um, to the point where I don't experience it in the same way. Um, and and that it can also change the length and the um, yeah and just have it be really irregular, really erratic. Um, so yes, that I feel like is coming back again on my next ra- tangent round. That is why it's really beautiful in spaces to share that to share 
um, where where we're at in our cycles, um, especially if you're you know deeply in relationship with somebody, friend, business partner, lover, anyone you know anyone that you have a lot of contact with, um, I find it really beautiful to find you know to 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 start to build that connection with their cycle as much well obviously my own <laughs> our own our individual cycle is the most important um because you know we can't understand anyone else's if we don't have a have a grasp i mean what i'm learning over the 6 years that i've been really tracking mine um is yeah that it i'd love to say that it was just i learned it and then it's just been the same ever since, but that's not the case <laughs> because like everything in nature, we're constantly evolving, uh, constantly recreating ourselves. And like I said, there are many outer factors, physical and mental health that effect, have affected my, my menstrual cycle over the years. And so it's a constant learning process and a constant sort of relating process to my own cycle. Um, so yeah. I'm not saying that <laughs> in creative spaces that I've worked in in recent years, it's it's a practice that people do. But I do think as you know, as we're getting more, as menstrual health is becoming more of a, um, I don't know, healthily spoken about topic is a, is a one way to say it. Also, menopause being such a buzzword, such a you know, really highlighting all of these like key um shifts in life cycles that again have been silenced for so long and of course I mentioned in the previous episode about the fact that I've worked with in menstrual health in Nepal for uh six no five five four or five years now um but my own work for myself on my on my on a personal level has been longer than that um and I just find it so interesting how, like I say, like I kind of alluded to there, like that all of, that there are so many different cycles that are cu- currently being um, brought into the light. It, you know, they've always been there. Um, they're part of nature. They're part of our hum- human humanity to have these things happen, um, happen to us. Um, and... I like maybe many people listening um, who have a cycle and also those who don't have a cycle who obviously relate to people that do um, spent most of my young adult life sort of denying that I had one and um, saw it as a mild inconvenience at best (laughs) and other times just frankly pretty annoyed with it and it being sort of a, a barrier to just letting life flow in the way that we we and I had been led to believe was I have my inverted commas up right so this on on all the time out outgoing busy buzzy all of the rest of it is very much connected to the summer phase of our menstrual cycle so the ovulation phase and that is what we are most comfortable with in modern day consumerist society, it feels, um, you know, people, people feel comfortable with that. And it's what's portrayed in magazines and TV and, you know, all of the kind of, yeah, in the media. 
but but in the most stereotypical way I'm not saying that that's still the case nowadays because the amazing thing is that you know diversity is coming into all of these spaces and the more sort of nuance the bigger yeah the the nuances of life are being portrayed in a much more healthy way still got some way to go but the fact that they're in there is is really incredible and a huge sort of ah just yeah just reassurance for the future for what's coming so yeah as I say I spent my younger years sort of yeah in denial just wanting to switch it off I was on contraception for a long time um to kind of dull it down and have as a little a relationship with it as I possibly could until I potentially wanted to use it i.e to have children which hasn't happened um at this point in my life as I'm recording in my current incarnation that is not part of my life um and then yeah I I encountered a few different sort of wake-ups um within the kind of I would say spiritual space, which again, spirituality is going to be probably one of the conversations. It's one of the ones that I've got uh, journaled down to to do. But within a, within the more sort of spiritual yogic spaces, where yeah, there's there was a, there's a lot more kind of reference to cyclical nature. And one of the I, I'm going to write all these in the show notes. But one of the the first my first um, interaction with the concept of the layers of cycles in our life um was from a lady called Jules Wingfield and she I'm not sure if she still does them but she used to do presentations and workshops around this concept of the womb dala and she would show how our womb cycle then reflected out into the wider world into our life cycle into the seasons of nature into so many different cycles around, you know, around us, the moon cycle, so many, <laughs> the breath cycle, like, yeah, um, it ricochets through all of these different um, aspects of life. And for me, nature has always been the biggest, the biggest one where I'm just like, wow, you know, it's so obvious once you start to understand it, once I started to understand it. For some others, it might have been obvious before. <laughs> and I'm just like coming in and being like, wow, guys, have you realized that our menstrual cycle is super similar to the seasons outside? Um, and for others, it may still be like, well, I don't care. And that's, you know, everyone has their has their way of relating or they might it might be the moon. I think the moon has been um, a more recent thing for me to really see how my cycle my inner cycle relates to the outer cycle to the moon cycle itself the moon in the sky cycle um and seeing how it changes um relating to you know when my period when my bleed comes um you know what's happening in the sky outside so yeah let's bring it back to creativity um Oh, actually, no, I will just say, so some of the other places that I then sort of, because this, this initial kind of concept of relating it to the seasons or relating, yeah, relating the, and, and again, it's the whole cycle. I think I talk about this within the work in Nepal as well. But something that was so clear to me so fast is that we're obsessed with just 
things being black and white and boxing things so with for me my experience with periods has been you're either bleeding or you're not bleeding and and the bit where you're not bleeding is just one it's just this time you know three and a half weeks three weeks of the month where you're not bleeding and you don't think about it and it's just something you know it's just gone it's out of your periphery out of my periphery vision but to actually then bring in like you know I knew this it's not something that was completely alien because I learned about the menstrual cycle at school and I think even before I learned about it at school I'd learned a little bit from you know books I was given by my parents and things like that so I knew that there was a, a reason for the bleeding and it wasn't just a random thing that, that there was something happening in between to make them to make these periods happen and yet it's so much it's so much easier to just plop <laughs> my words today plop those three seasons together or those all of the rest of the sections of the cycle together into this just non-bleeding section um and there's so much power in unpacking it for me because again like i say to see this this um, representation of how those seasons within then re- uh, reflect the seasons outside. You like look at how much changes between the spring, the summer, and the autumn on the outer world. There must be so much then happening within. And once, yeah, once I started to really sort of look at that and and ask just be more conscious it wasn't like one you know it wasn't like (laughs) I went to this talk and then the next day I was tracking my cycle and I was um journaling about it every day nothing like that it's been a very gradual process as most things are with me I'm not one of those people who um instant change is not is not my thing I'm quite a gradual process person I'm Taurus rising so I'm very earthy and I like (laughs) change can be uncomfortable for me um, so yeah, then then over but over time, I came into contact with people like the Red School. Did a a, um, a short course with them, learning about the inner seasons in a, in more in depth. And Uma Dinsmortuli also is a big advocate. Uh, she's a uh, her courses are called the Well Woman Training, uh, which is like uh, again, it's it, it's sort of hard to define. It, it doesn't fit into things. Um, but it's essentially a yoga therapy for people with women's the female body uh, to kind of help to honor the cycles, but also the life cycles as well. So it's again that those nuance, the, the kind of different layers of cycle. Um, yeah. So that yeah, those I'll drop into the into the notes. But just to say that it again. And when these ha- when these things initially happened, um, or you know, when I first came into contact with 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 courses like this, or, and with kind of information like this, I saw it as so separate to my work, so separate to the logos I was designing, or the you know the packaging that I was working on, whatever it was, it, it was. I saw it as so separate, and I and I and it took 
it's taken a good few years as again and I think that's a great thing I'm, I'm actually really happy it's taken so long because it's because it's coming in my own way it's not been it's not been given to me by an external teacher um sure lots of people have influenced and like said really profound things that have really kind of struck a chord in me and kind of um you know drifted around in my brain for a while until it sort of feels it's felt more embodied in me and so it, it kind of has kind of given me time to let them let these concepts really sit <laughs> sit in my body and see what I think rather than it being someone you know someone saying this is how you should relate your menstrual cycle to your creative process um, and even if they had I still don't think I would have seen um, the work that I do as connected to my menstrual cycle if I'm honest I still think I would have seen maybe I don't know how how I wanted to exercise being connected to my menstrual cycle or maybe something like a passion project maybe I'd note maybe I would have noticed that I had more um more new ideas about something at a certain time of the month and more um energy to really focus on the details at a certain time of the month maybe I would have noticed that but I still think I wouldn't have connected like my performance at work with with it so yeah, that's kind of where I want to kind of just drop into now is this, since I've been more dedicated to being self-employed or entrepreneur, creatrix, all of the things, artist, author, illustrator, designer, you know, putting on many hats, um, you know, charity, I didn't, I don't really like the word charity, but but community project leader in Kumari's adventure um that and stepping out of being kind of told what to do and there's nothing wrong with being told or not nothing wrong with being given tasks but I suppose what what I'm saying is that when I notice when I've noticed because I'm a very self-motivated person but when I've noticed what I've noticed over the years of being more of my own boss completely is that I that's what's given me the permission to really ask how how my cycle is affecting my I'm going to say the word productivity but I don't mean it in a a super kind of um stressy way I just mean like what am I motivated to do right now what feels good what um what um, what what feels exciting and in a way just seeing what tasks kind of fall out of my periphery vision completely and then they'll then they'll pop in like a week later and be like oh yeah shit (laughs) I was meant to do that (laughs) um but but they just weren't even on my radar um and so those kind of things have been what I've noticed um in connection to my menstrual cycle so let's go through it for example I probably forget some things um but let's say I'm quite good, I have been quite good at, at, at taking a lot more rest during my period itself. So when I start bleeding, actually before I start bleeding, but we'll come to that at the end. So yeah, at the beginning uh, of my period, I'll try and take like at least a couple of days where I do less work because um, I'll often have a lot of 
even though I don't have I have less energy physically um but I still could work if I if I push myself to but I find that I'm quite ethereal like I'm quite um whimsical almost in my thinking and it's not really ideas that I can pin down or define (laughs) exactly they're just kind of again I think I mentioned oh yeah I did use this phrase in the last um podcast these inklings of ideas are these little germs (laughs) it's just crack me up gems let's say gems rather than germs they're these little kind of yeah fireflies they're little fireflies of ideas that haven't yet kind of learned how to really flash or uh, define themselves or explain themselves and so yeah I'll generally try and take a little bit more time out it might not be actually resting like lying down it might just be like taking time in nature you know making things more slowly and intentionally um things like food and and nice hot drinks and stuff but just taking that 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 time that's time to step back um and then stepping into the more spring phase so inner spring generally starts from about day five um of your menstrual cycle um but again everyone is different and this is why there's no there's no (laughs) there's no kind of um yeah one size fits all it's and that's for me that's the beauty of it I think if it was one size fits all it it would be so much more easy to manipulate um but I think the opportunity that we have as sort of evolving beings is to really recognize our uniqueness in this and obviously it will change as you get closer as as I get closer to the menopause it will change again and all of the things you know it's always evolving and um so yeah only only we know only we within within our bodies know um what what or how and how to interact with it um so yeah moving into springtime for me is about day five and again I have to be care. this is where I have to be careful because I can sort of jump right out of that little cocoon and think that I've got a whole load of energy because I do um but if I run too fast then I can kind of burn out quite quickly and um that can look like almost working into an idea too quickly and therefore it it not not giving it the space to really form it can look like um getting frustrated with myself that something that I can kind of see what I want to create but it's not it's not there and that's because for me and for most people archetypally the best or the the kind of time to do that sort of stuff the really kind of getting things out and firing it out of your body is the the ovulation phase so the summer the inner summer so yeah springtime is still quite delicate quite dainty still still an essence of that sort of dream time um lots of insights and so for me it's a time to kind of collect things together if I've got projects that on that I know I need to 
um, get inspiration or it's it's that it's that part if you think of a project like it comes it like the the process of a project itself is that the it's almost like the menstruation is the brief the the bleeding part is the getting the brief from <laughs> would be from a client in the real you know material plane but within the cycle the the sort of the experience of menstruating gives you this idea this brief and then the spring phase is the it's is the gathering inspiration so it, that might be like going to a museum or an art gallery or doing some research or sitting and reading a book or watching films that you need to see to kind of make sense of a certain concept it could be anything depends what the project is um because there's no point in you know there's if it's that kind of project there's no point in jumping into just creating something because you need to you need to find the story or i do and this is another podcast. And this is another episode I want to do is about stories because I am obsessed with people's stories and or project stories. So for me, that's so, such an important part of it. So yes, that's a good way to put it. That the springtime is like the delving into the story and finding the nuance, finding the uniqueness about this particular story, so that in the summer phase, I've got the energy and the but I've but I've got all the material is there. So that I'm not like um, using all of this because it's quite a short burst of energy. It can be this summer summertime energy of, from the ovulation. I'm not running around being like, oh, I needed to look that up and I forgot, and you know, use utilizing it. I'm, I'm not I'm not using it doing that. I'm using it just to literally focus in on creating what is whatever I found and the insights that I found and creating it translating it into some kind of visual representation in my case visual might be you know in many other different fields of of creativity it might look like something completely different and then obviously there's the the refining is the is the autumn it's the late summer the sort of after ovulation there's sometimes people say that there's like five areas or five sections there can be six as well within the menstrual cycle but there's sort of the, the the there's this little lull between between the summer and the autumn of the inner seasons where yes yeah, this refinement phase this kind of like slowing down looking back over what's happened so far um and getting into the detail as well. So that's what I find. So that's after I've ovul- after ovulation, heading into heading towards menstruation. But there's yeah, there's the other season called the inner autumn, um, which is where which is what gets a bad rap because it's the PMT, it's the it's the no bullshit um, part of the cycle, and actually yeah why people don't like it or why why it's got a bad name and I think again that's changing I hope it's changing because it's actually just a lot of clarity coming through and (laughs) an inability to sugarcoat it (laughs) which actually if you think about it is so beautiful it's so direct it's so forthright um, and if you don't come back to the beginning of the conversation, if you don't recognize that someone in your life 
is not in their spring phase anymore, they're two weeks later and they're in their autumn phase, then that kind of sugar-coated, like, you know, uh, amenable energy of springtime is very different to the energy, the more kind of forthright, definite, no, I don't want that, please don't do that, you know, I, I would like for you to do this, maybe there's not even a please, maybe it's just a command, is very different to the springtime. Um, which is, again, more socially acceptable to be sort of saying all the pleases and the thank yous and the, um, wouldn't it be, you know, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if, rather than just saying, I want that, (laughs) or I don't mind, that's very springtime, I don't mind, what do you want? Very, uh, yeah, very amenable. Whereas, yeah, autumnal energy is much more defiant. Think about outside, like the leaves are falling, um I always think of winter and heading towards the winter heading towards the menstruation itself it's like this revealing of the truth underneath because like the leaves are falling that you can see the trees you can see the branches you can see the trunks everything's naked it's very vulnerable and almost and that's where this um yeah things in society have got you know it's so shamed the the autumnal phase is because when someone is brutally honest and and true to themselves and they come out with something that feels is actually so aligned and so true because it's coming through them in the autumn phase then they get shamed for it they the, the natural reaction is just to try to never ever do that again because especially as young people we want to again it's that people the people pleasing at people pleaser and the perfectionist those two those two people those two archetypes do not want us to talk out out of turn during the autumn site uh, autumn season because it's just going to get us into trouble in their minds and what if it's not trouble what if it's actually the truer the truest and the most kind of raw, honest, vulnerable, all of those things which are starting to be celebrated as the amazing things that they are. It doesn't mean that the rest of the cycle is not beautiful. It just, I think this this part of the cycle has the worst rap. And within the, within the, interestingly, (laughs) within the creative process, it's always been, or historically was the bit that I liked the least. I found it, working on bigger projects where this might be you know six or seven months into the project where you're really refining and getting feedback from the client and um having to change things that you maybe weren't expecting to change um and also therefore having to use me having to use my voice to try and explain why I'd done something and why it should be kept the way that it was and etc it's it's all of that stuff where it gets into the real nitty-gritty and that kind of um yeah the nuance of conversation which again for a people pleaser feels very uncomfortable because you're putting yourself out on the line and it may not be received well um and I used to definitely be um defined I used to allow myself to be defined by the responses that I got not not by the power not seeing the power that it took me and, and and the power that I had in 
um, explaining explaining that creative decision. Um, I used to, try, you know, I'd be more focused on the response rather than the power in that in that knowing what was right for me. So yeah, then we come back to the menstruation and just before menstruation is this section called the void. Um, again, I'll put the links to Wild Power, which is a book written by um, Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer. Um, and that's all about breaking down the menstrual cycle into its different sections. But this bit, I just talk about the bit because the void, again, for me, is this place where I'll often know I've gone into it because I just want to be alone. Um, and for me, this is actually more and more um, pronounced than, than the menstrual cycle part itself. During, like I say, during the menstrual cycle, during my in my actual actual menstrual cycle, I can be around people and I can interact, and I probably could do, I could push myself to do work, but I, if I can, I choose not to. Or, you know, I choose to to interact with it in a very um careful way <laughs> I don't I don't not do anything I just I, I I'm choosy about what I do um but the bit before is yeah is this void and again it's that it's that invitation for um intuition and invitation for insight and a lot of the projects that I've worked on my you know my own my passion projects Kumari the country that shook um things like that the development of those has come through so strongly within these little moments and it can be really short it can be just half a day or an hour even sometimes just this little kind of moment where it's like right go in <laughs> go into the cave um and again this is this is pr this these kind of things are, pr are present in so many indigenous traditions this kind of invitation to look inside um to um yeah literally go into a cave together into a tent and and a, and in previous times women would mo more commonly have bled at the same time so they would have gone into these kind of tents caves whatever it was different traditions different um you know different words that are used but going into these places to rest and take care of each other take care of themselves but also to dream and to vision what was next, what is next for the community, what is what is best. And, it, and again, it's this idea of it being for the greater good and for, yeah, it, it, to, it, it's that metaphor of we must look after ourselves and care for our own, for our inner nature, for that to ricochet out into the into wider nature into the community into nature itself how we respect and how we relate to nature so anyway I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to a close because <laughs> I've been a bit twirly whirly whirly with my words um but it gives it gives an idea of what has changed for me and how I see how I see the the creative process as a very feminine thing doesn't mean there's masculine masculinity is not needed and it doesn't that is not um you know females female people are more creative than males I do not mean that I mean the energies um I mean that 
the, the actual process of creativity is a very, yeah, it's a very feminine flow thing. And it requires the masculine discipline, container, reflection, the kind of sensibility of the masculine energy because a feminine energy can can get completely sidetracked and lost and off on tangents like me (laughs) so it really needs the the masculine energy around it um, and they need to work together the dance between the masculine and the feminine but the act yeah I I would say that what the, the menstrual cycle really reflected to me and has has done and will continue to do as I work with her is yeah just really see the beauty in that and and the ebbs and the flows and how that changes and how my approach to creativity has changed and will continue to change um and the things that I'm drawn to change um again not not necessarily even within one cycle but from cycle to cycle So it's just something very curious to be aware of and something curious to journal about, to keep notes of when you feel really productive, really creative, really inspired, really um, not wanting to define things. That's an interesting one to look at is like when when do I just want to play without definition um, rather than finalize they're two very different energies two very different two two very different requirements within the process um so yeah I I just find it really curious to get to know ourselves through this different channel and and to get to know creativity through this different channel all right I'm leaving it there see you again very soon thank you for listening today Please do follow the Firefly Creatrix on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube for more inspiring content.